and were willing to make effort, sacrifice, struggle to get that way out. No. I have to be saying, oh, do Deen me liyaar, dunya me liyaar, or deen me This is Allah. That we're just scraping by in being, but we're pushing ourselves to the limit in living. And the parents, by and large, don't raise the children with that same level of deal to gain. If the child doesn't pray very well, the father will say, fix it. If the child's grades aren't very good, the father will say, fix it. If the child doesn't drive very well, taking the father from home to the mall, the father will take him to the hip. If the child deviates a bit in his salam, scratching himself, doesn't drive the salam very well, the father will say nothing to him. So the children are made for this. And there's no quality check and no quality control on our deed. But there's a lot of checks and a lot of control on our women. Then you will find another interesting thing about this current technological age of being a living. And that is that we live in the age of the upgrade. We constantly want to upgrade. Everything. People want to upgrade their house, they want to upgrade their car, they want to upgrade their watch, and most famously, people want to upgrade their phone and upgrade their laptop. Even if they already have the best quality one. But if they have the best quality phone, iPhone 5 or 6, I don't even know how to call that. It doesn't matter, but in one or two years they will want to upgrade. They will want to upgrade. What does it mean? Even though they have something that's of good quality, they want more, they want better, they want best. But actually, the month of Ramadan comes to upgrade the need. That's what Ramadan is. If we enter Ramadan with this niyyah, that I'm going to upgrade my Imam and Taqwa, upgrade my Sunnah, upgrade my Amal, my Ibadah, my Zikr, my Fikr, my Khidmat, my Dawah, everything and anything that I can, then we will come to this year's Ramadan. And if we don't come in that niyyah, then what will happen? We will just change our schedule. We won't change our hearts. The vast majority of Muslims in North America are what I call professional pastors. They're masters at Ramadan. They've been doing it for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. What does that mean? They just change their schedule. And some of the women folk at the house, they know it. They know, okay, Ramadan, I will check out the Ramadan menu and the Ramadan schedule. I just have to change the time when they eat and they change the time when we sleep. That's all we do in Ramadan. There's no difference. Everything else is the same. Our sleeping schedule changes. Our eating schedule changes. Eating amount remains the same. In fact, some people eat more in 24 hours in Ramadan than they ate in 24 hours outside Ramadan. And the best of us who have managed to say Taraweeh and Salah, but that's not something that's going to continue after Ramadan. So we engage in Ibadah that we only do in Ramadan, and right when Ramadan ends, we leave all of the extra Ibadah. Some people will say, read extra Quran in Ramadan. And so can you sustain it? Maybe not that amount, but you sustain 20% of it, it's enough. Everything we did in Ramadan, we dropped it, we only did it in Ramadan. Hmm. This year in Ramadan, we have to spend it a bit differently. We should try to change something in our heart for this permanent, lasting change. We should get a real upgrade in the quality of our Imam and in the attributes and support of our deen. Now understand that the hustle thing is deen is our heart. The most important thing that a believer has is that heart. 
most valuable thing. So the many things that we can upgrade, and I'm going to focus on one thing, upgrade our heart. Make our heart a better heart in this Pantasamadha. What does it mean to upgrade our heart? Our heart is the place where we have feelings and emotions. And we want to upgrade a particular feeling in our heart, and that is the feeling of love for Pantasamadha. You will see that Lord Allah has created all of the natural creations in such, in such a way that there are forces of attraction. In physical objects of mass, there's a gravitational force of attraction. In electric and electromagnetic objects, there's a magnetic force of attraction. For human beings, Allah Allah has put a force of attraction in our heart, and that is called love. The feeling of love is the feeling of attraction that a person's heart feels. In one sense, there are some physical loves that you have for other human beings. And when a person has that force of attraction for another human being with Shidiya, they're able to live together as five families or living according to the common teachings and live as a family in a house for 20, 40, 60, 80 years because they have that love. You may find even the best friends who are college roommates, if I said, okay, you live all four years together, they said, yes. Your best friend, yes, nothing, no problem, no. How about you the six years together? Just to know it. <laughs> because it's not that level of love. But when you have that level of love in the family, the family can live together for generations after generations after generations. And especially those of you who are familiar with our country, Pakistan, India, the joint family system, extended family system, continues for generations. It can be successful if there's love between the hearts. And the day the love leaves the heart, the love of heart. Then you will see fights and schisms and feuds over inheritance, over money, over property, over anything and everything. But those families that have love between their heart, they manage everything smoothly and seamlessly. Because love is the strongest force Allah Allah has given a human being. Now of those loves, the strongest love that we were supposed to feel in our heart is our love for Allah. Therefore, Allah Allah is Quran. And it's only Allah Allah's right to tell us who Allah Amanu are. And you don't need to go to some fancy course which is going to give you all types of schematic diagrams about what Imam is. You have to do the first tabak of Imam. And that is what Allah mentions as Imam and Quran. And Allah says, Quran, Walladina Amanu Ashadna Kumbandullah. Any person who does not let live and feel this ayah, they don't need to learn anything more about Imam. It's the key working on the first lesson. Like in our systems of education, right? If a person is in the first lesson of Tajweed, until he gets it right, the teacher won't advance into the next lesson. He says, you do it, you do it again, no problem. You keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it so that your foundations are firm. The foundation of Imam is love for Allah. And those who have Imam, they're extremely intense, intensely extreme in the love for Allah Subhanahu Not just that they love Allah Subhanahu Otherwise, if I ask all of you, love Allah Subhanahu you raise your hand. Why else would you come to Masjid from Muhammad Salah? But if you have a Shad Muhammad, that's the question. You love Allah Subhanahu more than anything and everything in the world. You value your relationship with Allah Allah more than you value any and every other relationship that you have. Are you willing to sacrifice and struggle for Allah Ta'ala more than you're willing to sacrifice and struggle for every realm, every degree, every education, every comfort in this world? That's called ashad, 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 ashad,
And those of you who are more familiar with Quran, you would know that mostly in the Quran, when he said to Ludina Amaru, he called us, Ya Ayyuhal Ludina Amaru. Oh, you have Imam. And then he tells us to do something. Here the Ulama Bashir of the Allah didn't say, Ya Ayyuhal Ludina Amaru, Ahimullah. No. Why? Because it does not befit Allah Ta'ala to tell us to love him. Against the Against Allah's might, his majesty, his splendor, his grandeur. Here Allah didn't use Ya, he didn't call us. He just made a statement. And those who have their very Imam will automatically make them. Without Allah having to tell them to do it, their very Imam will make them have intense love for Allah Subhanahu this is the definition of Imam. Allah Quran. Until we are living, breathing, spreading, teaching this definition, there is no need to go into any further depth of what is Imam, what constitutes Imam, bread is Imam, types of Imam. No need to do that. We just have to treat them as Allah Quran. Problem with us is we use Allah, but not like that. Not as said. Every word in the Quran meant, every word he states and reveals in the Quran has a meaning, has a message, has a lesson for us. So we have to have that extreme love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This love for Allah subhanahu wa comes from our heart. And this is actually the real difference between human beings and animals. Animals and human beings are what they are common, that we both have enough. And animals and human beings have one thing different, that humans also have a tongue. Animals don't have a tongue. What is tongue? Tongue is the word that Allah used in Quran, it means our spiritual tongue. But it's actually a part of the rule. Just like our body has a heart, physical body has a physical heart. That's what the cardiologist studies. have a heart attack. Just like that, our spiritual cells are rule has a spiritual heart that is called Kalu. Just like your whole ruler is inside your whole body, the spiritual heart is inside the physical heart. Make your Kalu go deep. Same place with your physical heart. And all of these is going to be based on this love. Yes, the cross of the Quran. Yawmana yantur ma'amana ma'un illa man atallahu li kalu li sali. remember that day. Prepare for that day. Live every moment of your life in this world for the sake of that day. What is the nature of that day? La None of your wealth, your property, your possessions, your degrees, your houses, your cars, none of that will be of any benefit to you on that day. Your sons, your children, any of the relations you have with the world, worldly relations, will be of no benefit to you on that day. Only that person who brings to Allah a pure and purified spiritual heart will be successful on that day. The purity of the heart lies in having this pure feeling of love for Allah. And if we don't have that intense love for Allah, we will not have an intense purity. So our need is a need of feeling. Allah sent Quran on the heart of the deity of the Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, on the spiritual heart of the Prophet. 
When the Vietnamese, he spoke to the hearts of people, he spoke from the heart. He didn't speak from the Akam. He didn't speak in a very fancy, logical way. He didn't give some class and explain the problems of shirk or some comparative religion lecture series on comparing polytheism to monotheism. Anybody who is barely familiar with these will see that these are heartfelt words. It's not fancy intellectual speeches. Heart to heart. Allah Ta'ala sent Quran on the heart of the Prophet. The Vietnamese spoke from the heart to the heart of people. The Quran also said that in the Quran, the victor, that that person who has a soul, who has a spiritual heart, they will be able to benefit from Quran. And those ulama who continue this tradition of speaking from the heart to the heart, they are called by Allah the Quran, only Allah. Very simple, who are the only Allah? The ones who have a shandu hukumah in their heart and who try to put it into the hearts of others. That's all. These who are lovers of Allah, defenders of Allah, those who defended Allah and who have others defend Allah. It's a need of the heart. Need of the heart. And you see, it's our choice. We have an akum, we have a nafs, and we have a kaf. It's our choice which one we choose to make the imam of our life. Everyone will make his choice. They may not be consciously aware of that. They will make this choice. Some people, some human beings, they decide to make up of the Imam of their life. So they're studying some ideologies, some ism, they're always looking for some philosophy, some movement, something to believe in, something to follow, something to adapt themselves to. And unfortunately, there are some Muslims who make a mistake in life. They also make up of the Imam of their life. So if you tell them there's something that's wrong, they don't 100% if you tell them there's something that they're getting to some sense, they don't want to accept them. If you tell them the ulama, or muslim, or hadithim, or kahat, they don't want to accept them. If you tell them the awliya, or shayim, they don't want to accept them. But as we say, akal ki baatam ki saam, they're not going to accept them. If you tell them something intellectual, something that appeals to their mind, something logical, they say, that is not. Why? Because they need the akal that came out of their life. I want you to understand that deen has a lot of a role for us, but it's not independent, it's dependent. Akal is like eyesight. Like a person who has perfect eyesight, perfect vision, still they will never be able to see unless there is light. Either there can be sunlight, or there has to be the tube light, they can never see unless there is light. Just like that, akal is not eyes, you need to use it. But you can only use it in the light of the door of the Qur'an If you use your aql to understand with the door of Qur'an and Sunnah, then the aql is a wonderful thing. That's called ill, that's called knowledge. But if you think aql is something separate, and Qur'an and Sunnah is something separate, whatever the aql tries to operate outside or independent or separate of Qur'an and Sunnah, it's like trying to look at the darkness. You'll be blinded. And the other will make mistakes. It will make mistakes. It will make mistakes. Second group of people, they chose to make the nasty imam of their life. That's another way of that. And it's amazing, and I'm sure it's not why I was born in New York, but something very similar, I'm sure. You will find people who are otherwise very nice, very educated, very accomplished, but they make the nasty imam of their life. Why? Because it happens every Friday, every Saturday, and every Tuesday. 
that there are people who walk around the streets of Manhattan, go to bars and clubs. They are the same people who all week they wore suit and ties. They went to Wall Street. They have good corporate jobs. They're making hundreds of thousands of dollars annual bonus. But on Friday night and Saturday night, not all of them are like that. No doubt. Not all of them. I wouldn't even see most of them. But a very large, significant amount of them get drunk and walk around the street like animals. As if they don't have degrees. As if they're not educated. As if they don't work. They behave in ways that they would be embarrassed to behave like that all the time, all week and all Why do they do this? Nobody forces them to do it. They did it voluntarily. Not just voluntarily, they did it eagerly. In fact, they themselves say they worked all week to enjoy the weekend. That all of them work for this thing. Long work. They make enough to long their life. And they do this every week. And if on some weekend, some particular plan of sin of theirs was unsuccessful, then they are sad. They show up Monday morning and they say, I'm sad because this weekend I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that sin. So again, they work all the other week, waiting in anticipation that again we can give them for enough on the next Friday Saturday. All They made enough to be long as they work. And again, some Muslims made the same mistake. They also fell into the same trap.
You can do that in Toronto, no problem. You live here, you earn here, you work here, you accomplish the world, you change the world, you achieve the world. You can do all of that with a halal. But your heart belongs to Allah. And you tell me everybody will know that any time we misuse the gaze, it doesn't give you any worldly benefit either. It's all not to help you in your course, it didn't help you in your job, it didn't help you to earn anything, it didn't help you in any way. It has nothing to do with Toronto, it has nothing to do with your quality of life. There is no benefit at all, even from a dunyavi sense. It's pure nuts. We have to accept that people don't like to talk about these things. We have to talk about it. We have to be honest about it. It has nothing to do with where I'm going. It's nuts. It's nuts. In the nuts of Allah and Tisui, that this nuts is the supreme commander. Allah, it supremely commands us to be killed. Unless we stop it, we have to stop it. Who is going to be able to stop this nafs? teaching us in Quran. You have to actively stop the nafs. It's not going to happen by its own. There's no beyond, there's nothing that's going to make you strong enough that you won't feel the temptation anymore. That's after years of effort. That's a lifetime of taqwa. A person can maybe reach that level that they're no longer tempted, they're no longer attracted. That's called a high life. Here for us, no, wana you have to stop it, stop it, keep stopping it, keep stopping it, keep stopping it. I'll give you an example. Now, I'm sure all of us know and we tell our children that don't look at the sun when it's high noon at the wall. Don't stare at the sun. We tell them this, why? Because it's horrible to our eyes. Because it's horrible to our eyes. But this is called yakin. We have yakin now. That if I look at the sun at 1.30 p.m. it is harmful to my eyes, I will never do it. Oh. Can't we have that yakin about America? Huh? It is harmful not just to our eyes, Allah Akbar. It's harmful to our fellows, harmful to our imam, harmful to our al Now imagine if somebody came to you with an ugly. That it's okay, brother, you look at the sun, no problem, I have some drops I'll use on you afterwards. And you look at the sun, you harm your eyes, but later you can use the drops and remove the harm. And if you look at the sun, you would still not look at the sun. You would still why should I do that? Why can I harm my eyes? Even if you give me drops afterwards that will remove the harm. Why do you want to do Badrazi and later make a stick problem? Why do you think like that? Why do you want to harm your imam? And say, okay, later I'll make Noba, later I'll make a stick problem. Nobody thinks like that. I never got email like that in my life. That you say, I don't know what to do. I feel so much temptation to look at the sun every day at 30, I can't fight the temptation. Why doesn't even have temptation? You know it's the light. I'm giving you an example. This is called the light. No temptation, no inclination. Why? Because you eat the little function. Once you have that yakin, you got the point. So we have to have yakin that this is harmful. Don't look, Allah, Allah, what fun is you get in your dunya? Job will continue, work will continue, school will continue. Your wife will still treat you with Izzat. Allah, 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 I'm telling you. Don't you understand? Don't think that. Don't look to the harm and harm that the effect in this world. Allah, Allah, going to cover up yourself. But on the day of judgment, Allah, 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 you let the pay cost for every single risk you're sitting here. 
And the biggest problem of the sun in this world is that our heart will really love for other The very easy for a person wants to know, why don't I have this ashat of love and love? Why can't I love Allah Ta'ala more? Why don't I feel anything in my salah? Why can't I also wake up for tahajjud? Why don't I have an idea for love? Why don't I have these feelings myself? I am Muslim, I do come to masjid, I know I can feel these things, but why I don't feel it? You can never feel it in your heart until you get rid of this transfer for you have to do it. There is no other way, there is no alternative now, there is no detour. We must do the Hanafa al And who is going to be able to do that? That's another feeling in the heart of the Muslim. It's not enough just to love the Muslim. You have to fear the Muslim. means the day you will stand in front of the Muslim. The day you will stand in front of Allah. The person has to remember that day and think I will have to stand in front of Allah and my book of will be open and will be mentioned that I was riding the Toronto bus or I was standing in the mall and I looked at that woman and I looked at her with lust and I want to answer to Allah about this. So no, I'm too scared to do that. You have to feel the feeling of fear. Let me explain to you what hope is. Maybe some of us think, no, oh, I have fear. You don't have fear of Allah's problem. In other words, I explain to you, hope from what is confident. That the confidence is even when the hope is not In English it means that to fear Allah's problem you must literally be trembling and quivering. Literally. Unless you have experienced that trembling and quivering, you don't know fear of Allah's problem. That when Allah of majesty and splendor is mentioned in front of them, their hearts tremble the quiver of the Atmat of Allah Ta'ala. And hope is a feeling that you will never ever forget the unforgettable feeling. Are you going to be at home if any of you from Pakistan? Once upon a time before they made this new road, there was an old road that went up to Murray. And this was a really winding road. And every now and then, two bus drivers decide to race on the road. On the way down. And every now and then some poor fakir is driving their car and sure enough when they round the corner they see two buttons coming right at them. And this happened to me a real life story. And in that moment you were looking at your death. And then you quickly move away, they quickly go back in line and before you know it, within two seconds they're past you. But you came this close. You will never forget that fear. Even right now sitting through, even just that very brief description I gave you, I can recall the whole experience. I can still call from my memory the feeling of fear I felt in that passion second. That's helpful. Have you ever felt an unforgettable fear for Allah's Father? That's helpful. That will help a person stop nervous. If you don't have that fear, you will not stop. You will not stop. You will go all the way up to addict, become addicted. Afflicted, you will not be lost. And until you stop, you will not get this intense love of Allah. It's a trade off. You want to love some image or picture on the screen instead of loving it for small amounts. What a cost, what a price you're paying. Crazy. It's crazy. You need every attraction, every infatuation, everything else. No one does any good for us. It's the real fast. That fast is all here. That fast is the whole lifetime. This is fasting the heart of the feeling of sin. 
And then once the person, another friend of mine, they asked that mom that you know, ever since you accepted Islam, tell us what the greatest change, the greatest difference you feel in your life. And that non-Muslim, new Muslim mother, uh, was surprised at this question. And I could see that they were surprised. Why would you even ask this question? And so they gave the answer. Now you know what I'm trying to give the So they said that, well, obviously, the greatest difference in my life was that when I wasn't Muslim, I didn't have a love. And now that I am Muslim, I have a love. A love. And the Muslims who asked the question, they couldn't understand this. Because even though they were Muslim, they didn't have a love. They said, Allah could go and talk to me about They were Muslim, but they didn't have a love. So they were wondering what would be the greatest thing a person gets by the thing as well. Can you imagine such a tragedy that a person is Muslim? But they don't have Allah in their heart. Allah is saying, But the person doesn't feel any good with Allah. Allah is saying, Allah is with you, wherever you are. Allah is standing on earth. And the person feels, I said, I feel distant from myself. I said, nothing in my soul. That is a tragedy. It's a tragedy of the heart. All about the heart. When you pray Salah, everything is there. Your body is there. Your tongue is there. Your tongue is doing thicker. You say Surah Fatiha. You say Allah Akbar. Your tongue is doing thicker. Your body is doing thicker. You go to the food. You go to the temple. Listen. Uh-huh. Heart is not Heart is Salah. Now, okay, if it happens once every now and then, I can understand. There are people who Masalah Alhamdulillah. That's also a wonderful thing. They pray five times a day. And they pray five times a day daily. It's not just for weeks. They can do it for years. They come to me and say, I feel nothing with Salah. I'm now a person who has prayed thousands of Salah in their life. Thousands of Zakat saying they feel nothing with Salah. Can you imagine why? Either love with their memory in the heart or love with them in the heart. Something has happened. Something has happened to our heart and it's become numb to Salah. Otherwise, Salah has an effect. Salah has an effect. Let me give you an example of sweetness. <coughs> if somebody loses their sense of taste, and they say that my tongue, I can still taste hot and cold, I can taste sour, bitter, spicy, but there's one thing I can no longer taste, I can't taste sweetness. They cause the life of So what will they do? They go to the doctor, right? And they go to the doctor and say, doctor, I have a problem. My tongue can no longer taste sweetness. So what do you think the doctor will tell them? Maybe the doctor could say that it's okay, it's not essential. If you feel sickness, you should be your sugar to Allah, Allah, that your liver is fine, your kidney is fine, your heart is fine. If the doctor told you that, what do you say? He said, I'm sure I can't taste this. You'd go to another doctor. You'd go to the third doctor. Just so you could taste the sweetness again on your tongue. Then if a person said, you came to me and I said, okay, here, I can eat some ice cream. And you taste it, I can't taste it sweet. I said, okay, I poured some sugar on my ice cream. Now I'm trying. It's still not sweet. I take a jar of honey, I pull the whole jar of honey. Now try it. You see, it's still not sweet. I would get more amazed, right? I want you to think, what is the problem with that heart? 
you poured the sweetness of wudu on it, it couldn't taste anything. You said the sweetness of a love of birth, it couldn't taste anything. You poured the jar of honey, you poured a vodka on it, it couldn't taste anything. You poured the kilo of sugar called sesda on it, it couldn't taste anything. Can you imagine how sick and diseased that heart has become, that it cannot taste the sweetness of salam? When are we going to wake up to this? It's not norm, it's not the norm. Us today in the Ummah, it's not the norm in our deen. In the Salat al-Tanha and al-Aftar or al-Munkar, other than time the norm. The Salah has a heart-rending effect. It changes the person, it uproots the person, it enables the person to stay away and prevent the person from going to Fahsha Fos, the same letter of lust, cruel sin. It prevents the person from going to the Munkar. And we get namaz people telling me that they do these things. Heart is soft. How long are we going to continue like that? Kab tak bezaik namaz per se nahi hai. Aap ek khana khrijne khatam karenge. Four number wale ko kehenge bezaik hai nahi namaz ke nahi. Ek vakt khana aapko bezaik per se nahi. Paanch vakt bezaik namaz per se nahi. It means in English that you would never tolerate even a single meal that was bland. Hmm? You would never take a scoop of ice cream with the good things to take this. You wouldn't do it once. Hmm? You want to keep praying like this. Keep praying, keep praying. Hmm? Our deed is so much more. Alhamdulillah, we have love for you. This is something that I know that I'm trying to tell you. Don't look at those who are less than you and being. Then you'll think you're fine. So when you pray five times a day, you look at the one who prays three times a day. The one who prays three times a day looks at the one who prays once a day. The one who prays once a day looks at the one who just prays Juma. The one who prays Juma looks at the one who just prays Eve. Don't do that. Don't do that. Look at those who are ahead of you in being. Think. That's what you do in dunya. Remember the quality. Do hmm? you look at those who are less than you in dunya? That's what you should have done. You did the opposite. You look at those who are better than dunya. You have this job. You look at the one who is ahead of you. Your assistant manager, your eyes on the manager. Your manager, your eyes on the... Division chief, that's the way you are doing it. When you're going to start being like that in being? Hmm? Promotion in being, upgrading being, standards of being, excellence in being. Start with the heart, all fix your heart, everything will be fixed. Salah will be fixed, dua will be fixed, Quran will be fixed, zikr will be fixed, khidmat will be fixed, dawah will be fixed, family will be fixed. Yes? How can we prepare for our children? If our hearts have become so numb that we continue to feel anything in Salah, then we won't be able to do the heartfelt parenting. Then the best we can do is with the atheist parent, then we do the same thing. Okay, we drop them to school, pick them from school, take them to supper, make their meals, put them to bed, tell them a bedtime story, that's all good. And atheist does all of that. Where's the iman part in the parenting? Where's the kal part in the parenting? Where's the heart part in the parenting? Where's the transference of iman, transference of taqwa, transference of sunnah, transference of love for Allah, where's that part of parenting? How can that be there if the heart tells us our own heart is dead in our own salah? Hmm? So the second love has to be taken out of all. The third one, three loves that sometimes you have in a heart. But the third love is called Ujjur. English humanity can see love for oneself. What does this mean? Again, what of us we have it? I don't think we have it. We have it. What does it mean? So in order to explain that I'll explain in English. Aptame aapu di sifat di bhuna samajna. Yudhu. 
Yes, to view yourself as talented and skilled. This is a loop. People don't think that, oh, that Allah Ta'ala gave me talent or gave me skills. Allah Ta'ala gave you talents, fine. You view yourself as talented, not fine. It's a very delicate thing to understand. Very delicate thing to understand. I'll give you an example. If you think like this, that, oh, you know, Allah Ta'ala, I'm so hardworking and the others aren't hardworking. I'm the most hardworking brother in the family. I'm the most disciplined person in the family. I'm the most wise person in the family for the elders. I'm the best sportsman or the best driver, whatever it is, for the younger ones. No. When you become aware of your talents, that helps you. That's Allah Ta'ala in the first line of Surah Tafiyah is Allah all praise is only for Allah. Praise itself is proper only for Allah's welcome. Praise the fit Allah's welcome. If there's anything praiseworthy in me, it's actually all praise to Allah that He gave me that skill and talent. That same Allah who gave it can also take it away. That same Allah who gave it to me to use within the Sharia as khidmah. I, through my sin, could use that outside of Sharia for Zidla to become a It's not inherent talent. It's not innate to me. It's a gift from Allah Sallallahu This is the problem. The way this works out is being if a person loves themselves so much, they don't feel this need to remember Allah Sallallahu Because they assess their life as not doing fun. I came here, I got the job, Allah, I have a car. And even if they even mention things because, and alhamdulillah, I got the car with that interest, and alhamdulillah, I never lied, and alhamdulillah, it's all fine. Now do more. Alhamdulillah, you did all those things. We love you for that. We're happy for that. Allah Ta'ala love you for that. Now fix the prayer. Now, if you say, mashallah, that you're comfortable, you're earning, your children go to school, you have every izzat, every grade, every honor Allah has given you. You have a roof over your head, you have safety, security, you don't live in any type of threat. For so many millions of Muslims live in life-threatening situations. If Allah gave you all of that, then all the more reason for you to give your heart to Allah in prayer. How can you not give your heart to Allah? Yes, okay, fine, the Muslim is a refugee, I can say they're too busy sorting out their dunya to become passionate in their salah. I can't lose all that love for the Sultan. You know, maybe there's some man in Syria who thinks like that. That, oh, if only I had ease of life, I'm living in a refugee camp, if only I had ease of life, Allah, I would also pray long for about you tonight. Maybe he looks at the moon and says that. And same underneath that same moon, you have every luxury, every comfort, all the free time in the world. You're completely free Friday night, completely free Saturday night. Never does it cost your mind to make a monster. Under the same moon, these two things are happening. Allah says both things simultaneously. Yes? My people today, they have their ring the camera, they see five, six screens. You should remember things like that. Allah's looking at me right now. Allah's looking at a refugee with some brother of mine right now. Allah's looking at me right now. Allah's looking at a distressed sister of mine right now in real time simultaneously. Hmm? You don't understand. And now those of us who are caught up in these multiple sins, 
we do the sin of lust at the same time, it was the second half of the night, which was in the time that we used to pray to husband and make the father and mother the same time. Or Now take it to another level. 
I've come to the Lord. I know that that's also a great thing to do. And a lot of people aren't even doing that. But if you're fulfilling the obligation, why not within the same time, why not do it right? Let me say it if you're going to do it, do it right. This is the motto of the book. If you're going to do it anyway, might as well do it right. So when you stand even just near, even that's enough. You just make me and the Yaman about to pray, all the rest of me is there, four o'clock, five o'clock, or facing the Qibla, and complete the sentence to remember you, to connect my heart to you, to feel something in my heart for you. Just make me and Believe me, if you make this near every time, within a few salah, even for some of you, maybe for some of you the first time, you will feel something. Second, <laughs> try in your salah, at least in sajda, to feel the closeness of Allah's Prophet. I want to recite that in Arabic, and in English, this person for Allah, that then other you are in sajda, so it's not to make sajda, and you will get cold. Make sense to Allah and you will draw near to him. So try at nothing else. I'm not wrong. You may love him and everything. When you go down to Sadda, make the sense I'm not going to raise my forehead and try to feel something. You'll feel it very quickly. Don't worry. You don't have to be down there for long. You have to want it. We haven't wanted it. We haven't tried for it. We haven't made effort for it. What is it? Fixing your salah. Salah is one of the greatest ways to do zikr on the salah. And especially from salah. The level of kurb you get through faraiz is much more than the level of kurb you can get through salah. The level of kurb you will get by praying four times hundred for ten minutes is more than if you spend an hour praying at the salah in the country. So go for the goal. Kurb in your salah. Go for the goal. You're going to pray in front of you, you're in the midst of Christ. Try to pray with Gordon. Don't give up. It may not happen. Don't. Every time you should try. Every single time. If you pray, you feel nothing. After that prayer, make 10 seconds off. Yeah, I'm not making it. It's Gordon. Connect my heart to you. Make that do after. Have that near before. It's adding time and seconds to yourself. If you practice it every day, you will get love from it for a while. This is what Garmishai is going to do with you to help with the design lesson. Means to get love from it is a temperament, it's an outlook. It's an outlook. When you start wanting Allah Dhamma, Allah will start wanting you. And when you stop wanting Allah Dhamma, you're in danger for a long time Allah keeps wanting you. But then there comes a time that maybe Allah Ta'ala will stop wanting you. So just start wanting him again. That's it. You start wanting him again, he will start wanting you, you will start feeling him in yourself. Second way, to get this love for Allah Ta'ala is that Allah Ta'ala put two other big pillars in our being. But that's not every day. These are special. One is called Hajj, one is called Allah. Both of these things are enough. Either Hajj or Ramadan has Allah put so much power in these two ibadat that they can erase years of sin, lifetime of sin, lifetime of ghaflat. The person who prays 40 years of feeling, they spend a month Ramadan properly, they can get feeling back. The person makes one heartfelt Hajj, they can get feeling back in their day. 
Now, Hajj is coming later, Ramadan is coming sooner. Hajj is not everybody gets to go every year, Ramadan everybody is supposed to do every year. So focus on Ramadan. Whatever you're going to do, do it this Ramadan. Just imagine like this. That whatever deen I'm going to get, I'm going to get it this Ramadan and that's it. I have no other chance left between now and when I die. Take an attitude like that. That's how you approach your exam. That's how you approach your first degree. That's how you approach your first job. Nobody thinks like that. That okay, I'll do a mediocre, maybe my third or fourth job I'll do it. Nobody thinks like that. They say right now, for this job, for right now, this Ramadan, this Ramadan, you have to become the lover of the It's not going to happen any other time. If you don't do it by E, think you have failed. You have missed such an incredible opportunity. You would have missed such an incredible opportunity. How to spend your Ramadan this year? Spend your Ramadan. Maybe that could be a, that's a whole separate talk, right? Inshallah, we'll give you a card and you go on the website. You can listen to the different topics and the different topics. This is a whole separate topic that we have given a talk on. Prepare for Ramadan. One thing I want to tell you right now is a bit different. If this year in Ramadan, make sure to do some ibadah that you know you can continue afterwards. And do it at the time that you can do it later. For example, if you know that okay, look, every Friday night I can read half hour Quran because I'm free. Start that right now in Ramadan, in the coming Ramadan. If you know that okay, I'm generally free in the morning because I work second shift, I can do some ibadah in the morning. Start that right now in Ramadan. Whatever you can do later, start that Ramadan. Use Ramadan, the Baraka of Ramadan, to add something to your schedule. And most, another very important thing is add some sunnah to your life in Ramadan. This is one thing one of our Mishayas told me when I was 19, 20 years old. And for many years I had this practice, and every Ramadan I would try to add one more sunnah to One or more sunnah, right? And this love for the sunnah, is what puts love for Allah in the heart of us. This is Quran of the Quran. Quoting to the Allah, that if you want to love Allah, if you think you love Allah, if you claim you love Allah, no, you can't love Allah Allah directly. You can't just lost in life my own personal relationship. Allah. No. There is no personal relationship with Allah outside the Sunnah relationship with Allah. There is no separate personal relationship with Allah. Allah says no. If Allah is the name of that being, if you don't come to him in your terms, you come to him on his terms. And he is laid out on a path which is more beautiful than marble and gold and diamond and ruby. What is that path? That path is called the footsteps and life of the Nabiyyah's Prophet. Every Sunnah of Nabiyyah's Prophet is worth more than marble and diamond and gold and ruby. Siraj Mustaqim is tiled with the tiles of the Prophet of Sunnah. That's called Siraj Mustaqim. And you have to love that Sunnah. Nabiyyah's Prophet says, Man ahamba Sunnah. That's what the person does it. Man ahamba Sunnah. Fakal ahamba Deen. That that person who has loved my sunnah, that person has loved me. And that person who loves me, they will be with me in Jannah. With Allah in Jannah. Now if I ask you, what would you do to become a Sahaba? Hmm? Become Sahabi. 
Do you intend to give anything? I'd sacrifice anything and everything in my life because I made you Madhuri Sahabi. Madhuri Sahabi. You'd say, I give everything in my life. Allah Ta'ala saying, I'll make you Abadi Sahabi. Jannati Sahabi. If you were Madhuri Sahabi, you could have been Sahaba for 23 years max. Allah Ta'ala says, I offer you something else. You can be Sahaba of the Vietnamese. You will be with the Prophet and Jannatul Firdaus forever. For billions and trillions of years. That is the power of sin. Sahib al-Sunnah will become Sahib You are concerned about the external appearance of everything in your life. The only appearance that doesn't matter to you is the appearance, the outward appearance of the Bhagavad where Allah Himself infused it with a husn that is even greater than the husn of the Yes, the inner is more important. There's a beautiful Nadis of the Prophet, and this is very careful. The Vietnamese are concerned that make your outward form virtuous, 
and make your inward form virtuous. And number three, and make your inward form more virtuous in your outward form. Make your zahir on taqwa, make your batin on taqwa, and then make your batin have more taqwa than your zahir. This is the cat for us. Yes, perfect. You tell me, you don't ask your heart. A person who follows this deed, people say that to me. That their outward is virtuous, that their inward is virtuous, and their inward is more virtuous than their outward. Hmm? You'll say that's true. That's what the Bible is teaching us. You have to love the sunnah, follow the sunnah, upgrade your sunnah as well. You've upgraded the appearance of your upholstery, upgraded the appearance of your car. Huh? We've upgraded so many externals in our life. Why can't we upgrade the sunnah to be against the sunnah of the sunnah? And upgrade the bottom sunnah. Don't expect you why the bottom is more important. Bottom sunnah means the sunnah adal akhlaq of the beer king of the But does that mean that he was the best husband to his wife? Are you the best husband to your wife? No, no, are you the best husband you can be? Alright? Oh, that's the standard. You see, maybe you're not the best husband in the whole world. Are you the best husband you can be? That's also something. If you have this sunnah and you don't have this sunnah, that's also nibbah. This not having this sunnah while having this sunnah is a disgrace to the sunnah. That's another problem. Another problem. You have to have the problem sunnah. So one level of that is the adab and the path of the sunnah. A second level is what we call as akhwal and kefiyah. What does that mean? The sunnah tawakkul. The way the Prophet had tawakkul, you have tawakkul like that. The way the deities of love and love and love and love and like that. The way the deities made the world to make the world like that. To have the heartfelt feelings of being the way to also something. This will give us love for the Father. To model ourselves after the truest lover. The deities of the greatest lover and the greatest beloved. And that we have to follow the sunnah to make ourselves a better lover and a better beloved. And the last thing we'll mention tonight is that this love of the Father. All the more you remember Abu Talha, the more you will love Abu Because Abu Talha wanted to have a sadhuqbat, a sadhuqbat Allah, what hope is the Quran? Ya Ahmadina Amrukullah, what makes them happy? That's what the secret is to the Bible. You have to remember Abu Talha a lot, a whole lot. The way you translate this in English, it means you remember Abu Talha excessively. Remember Allah Ta'ala so much that your heart tells you, I remember Allah Ta'ala. I'll give you an example. That's not the khana. Nobody has ever asked me that. How much food do I have to eat that it's Allah? You will know. Your stomach will tell you. So same thing. You don't have to ask me how the zikr is custom. Your heart will tell you. And then your heart feels full of zikr. You haven't just custom the zikr. Just like when your stomach feels full of food, you haven't eaten a lot. Take your heart. Heart become heartfelt believer. Is come to some Thomas Manai, is come to another repent, is come to the heart of repent. Be attuned to your heart, take care of your heart, nurture your heart, develop your heart. Your heart will communicate with you. Not through words, feelings. Through feelings. Your heart will tell you I'm empty of taqwa, I'm empty of love, fill me. Do something. Your heart will tell you I'm feeling lust, purify me. Your heart will tell you I'm feeling envy, purify me. Your heart will tell you I'm feeling arrogance, purify me. Your heart wants Allah Taala because your heart has iman. The nur of iman is also in our tongue. Yes, it's in the tongue. 
has more muscles unveiled, unfettered. It wants to be released. It will tell you the second you start listening to it, it will start talking to you. It's on kitna, it's on conscious, alhamaha, kudurah, wa taqwa. It will now inspire us with a heart that will tell us. But that means that the best way to do zikr is to do zikr at the heart. This is the particular zikr arm of five pages. It's called zikr the gumbi. Why? You see, if the problem is in the heart, you're in the heart. You don't have a problem with zikr the sunny. If you train the mind, you know how to make zikr with your tongue. Problem is that you know how to make zikr with your tongue with a love of heart. I could give you a thousand more tuskies to do, you do the same thing you do in prayer. Same thing will happen. You will do a zikr with your tongue with a love of heart. So the problem is in the heart. So our Mishai takes you to zikr with Quran. You will find in many countries of the Quran, Allah Ta'ala's connected zikr to God. Allah will zikr in my country in those clues. Wala Hatim and Al-Salla, Kalbahu and Zikr. Kalb and Zikr. Kalb and Zikr. Kalb and Zikr. Kalb is your spiritual heart. You have to remind your heart to remember from this Allah Ta'ala. This is called Zikr Kalbi. How to do the Zikr Kalbi? There are two ways. There's one way to do Zikr Kalbi along with everything that you do. It requires no extra time. You will do this when you are busy. You will do this at work, at office, at university, when driving, when shopping, when sitting with people. All the time. That is background remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. You won't see anything with your tongue. You will just feel feelings for Allah Ta'ala in your heart. I'll give you an example. Allah Ta'ala given us this ability that while doing one thing, you can feel something else. For example, if there's a person who's been wrongly accused and he's been given a date to appear in court. Now, outwardly, he still goes to work, he still takes the kids out, still goes shopping, but all the time his heart is feeling feelings of anxiety, thinking about the court case. If you ask that person, have you forgotten the court case? This is no, no, no. Every second of the day, whether I'm eating, I'm working, I'm on break, I'm sitting with someone, I'm alone, no matter what I'm doing, every single second, my heart is always thinking about that court case. Allah Allah gave this is ability. The way to do this is just niyat. That's it. When you walk into work, say, in your heart, okay, I'm going to be working for eight hours, and if niyat is young, I'm about to work, I will be working for eight hours, and my heart will be working for eight That's it, and you go to work. You say, you turn the light on, you don't have to keep your finger on the button. You just turn it on, that's it. And now you're working, the word is coming of the light bulb. Just like that, you make niyat and zikr, and you do whatever you have to do. All the time, the word that zikr will be coming. You just have to make niyat. But you have to keep refreshing this thing. Sometimes, hundreds of times a day, you forget this, you remind again, forget this, remind again. You keep reminding your heart, keep reminding your heart, keep reminding your heart to remember the love. It will start remembering. Then it will start remembering the little outside salah, inside salah. The more you remember Allah outside salah, the more you will remember inside salah. Second way to do zikr kalbi, this is a special zikr. This you can't do all the time. This you can do maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. This is what Allah said in Quran. When you're free, look at the kindness of Allah. Hmm? When you're free, 
from your job, your work, your studies. Then what should you do? Once something comes strong, why? Because normally when you're free, that's when the nafsa pass. And that's what time to get you to go into recreation, entertainment, diversion. Once something becomes resolute, step fast. And do what? What ilam, what do you think Maybe in simple English, Muhammad says, when you're free, show me that you were missing. Show me that. I have no problem with your work with 10 hour shift, 12 hour shift, 5 days, 6 days, you do it. But when you're free, show me you're missing your work. If Allah loves you, that's our love. That means you turn towards your love. But Allah loves you, that's our love in yearning and longing to love him. Even if just for this few minutes a day, we should do Allah on this person every day. Even just 5 10 minutes a day. What does it mean? How do you sit in love? You just sit. And you try to forget the world. Forget everything. The name vicar of the name of your love. The name of our love is Allah. Then you need something to focus on. To focus away from the world. To put the world out of focus. Put all your focus on Allah's name. Why? Full of barakah is the name of your love. This is the barakah of this name. That you just attach your heart to this name. That's why all these, Bismillah, Bismillah, all the time is the name of So put all of the world out of focus. Put all of the focus of your heart in Allah's name. So you won't say anything with your tongue. You will just make me up if your kalam, your spiritual heart, is focusing on Allah's name. As if your kalam is calling, Allah, Allah, Allah. That's what it means. Tabakta means to focus exclusively on Allah to the exclusion of everything else. So this is an Arabic that's called Marakama, also called Zikna Kalbin, also called Zikna Khafi. It has its roots and origins in the verses of Quran. And it's enough of the But it's very beneficial in softening the heart, purifying the heart, charging the heart with Imam. Connecting this heart to Allah subhanahu You practice this two minutes a day, so if you have more time, do it more. You can do it twice a day, do it for 20 minutes, do it for 10 minutes. The more you do it, the more you want to. The more sugar you put, the more faith it will get. So you have to sweeten your heart with the zikr of Allah subhanahu and your heart will get more love to Allah subhanahu It's our dua for ourselves all of you and for all of us and for all of our family and friends and for all of our ummah that this month in Ramadan we all become the lovers of Allah. If we become the lovers of Allah, then there's unity. Because how can we not love your fellow lover? Hmm? Yes, it's the nature. That if somebody loves who you love, you will already love that. This is the real love and this is the humility. And that they're fellow lovers of Allah. And those like Imam, they're intensely extreme in the love of Allah. They're from the